Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day. Or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Instead of asking him how much of your time is left, ask him how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder here in the afterworld. In this life, you're on your own. So if the elevator tries to bring you down, go off with Rap Critic and Muse. What the hell is he talking about in that song again? I really don't know. <laughs> like, it starts off sounding like it's going to be about a marriage thing. And then he just kind of goes off about, like... Like, okay, he says, it's like, life, that's a mighty long time. Life means forever. No, it doesn't. That's literally not what life means. It's your forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a relative thing. <laughs> a relative I'm forever. I'm not sure, because even later in the song, I'm trying to find the exact word. We're all excited, but we don't know why. Maybe it's because we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like hey you know what it, it's really the exact same message as uh 1999 yeah. yeah we're fucked we're all gonna die let's make the most of the time we have <laughs> man they're, they're feeling a lot like that back then and starting to feel a lot like it now I, i've been playing 1999 an uncomfortable amount of times and i've been hearing it's the end of the world as we know it on the radio a lot more than i used to <laughs> dude me too that's weird <laughs> like really it feels like the djs are like sending some sort of message literally like i'll hear so like uh another brick in the wall has been playing a lot more recently <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw this. I posted it on Twitter. I was just hanging around the apartment, and my uh, my next door neighbor is in the apartment, the uh, the building r right next door, or whatever, um, with a thin wall separating us. Um, it's a Hispanic family, and they were playing multiple songs off the uh, off the album The Wall, and it was fucking <laughs> chilling. Oh my god! Like they played another brick in the wall, uh, part two, the one that gets played all, all the time. Uh -huh. And, um, Hey You, which is basically just someone on the other side of the wall yelling to someone on the other side, and it's like, oh my god, I'm on the other side of your wall, this is freaking me out. <laughs> Dude, fucking, um, so I watched that, I watched the wall movie uh, a couple of months ago when I was up in New York, right? Okay, I'll put it to you like this, when I, I used to watch I Love the 80s, right? Mm. And I saw, like, the, the you know, when they showed the clips from the movie, it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, I don't want to watch this. And, like, it used to, like, freak me out. You know, like, when I would just see the, the fucking title art, the, the wall, it would just fucking scare me as a kid. Finally, I just swallowed my pride, like, fuck it, I'm gonna watch this movie. And I enjoyed the absolute shit out of it. It wasn't really that scary at all, actually. I mean, like, in a more psychological way, but it wasn't like a sort of, like, I'm losing sleep sort of way, you know? Yeah, no, mm -hmm. the uh, the art in the in the movie was just, like, 
Oh, that was brilliant. really the creepiest part was the art scenes. Yeah, yeah. The part where where the flowers are eating each other and the Oh my, oh my yeah, god, it really yeah. is incredible. Dude, like yeah. I watched that movie and I thought to myself, you know, Kanye West has made a lot of like short films in the last six years, right? Mm. How are all of them shit compared <laughs> to this movie that was made like forty years ago? Yeah, like you know late I mean? 70s, early 80s, yeah. Like, literally before music videos were, like, actually, like, a thing thing. A regular thing, yeah. Yeah. This motherfucker's had 40 years on top of that and can't come up with anything better than that. Like, I was just like, god damn it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of him specifically. I think it's because he's, like, the main one that's kind of, like, pushing, like, short-form music videos still, you know? I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm really all that familiar with his no, he's uh, done a lot he's done a lot uh if you look it up hold on uh kanye west short films like a lot of them you don't hear about i thought he only did one or two no there's like a lot of them i thought he just did like runaway uh oh yeah, yeah there I is that that was i thought it was like but he did like one called cruel summer which was like uh uh, it, it was like, it's like shown on seven screens, and so you can't just like watch it, you know what I mean? It has to be like shown like as this experience. There's another one called We Were Once a Fairy Tale, which is like, as far as I remember, it's just like him getting drunk for like 12 minutes, and then he pulls out like a chipmunk from his stomach or some shit, and like looks at him like, man, you fucked up. It's really fucking stupid. <laughs> it sounds dumb. Yeah, th th that's nowhere near on the same par of a doom landscape of marching hammers and fucking just... I remember uh, right when... Well, I'm just going to say when a certain someone announced his candidacy and I was hearing what was going on at the rallies, the first thing I pictured was uh, the scene in the wall where your main character, Pink, is basically dressed up as an SS officer, and, like, his concert is, like, throwing out minorities. It, it must have been really weird going to a Pink Floyd concert after that. <laughs> right, you really don't know what to expect. <laughs> Not, you know, and also, also, can I just say, it was kind of bullshit, his name is Pink Floyd. You need a personification. <laughs> like, maybe if his name was Floyd, I get that that's a real name. Pink isn't a real goddamn name. <laughs> See, w what I read later, because I was always under the uh, impression that the character Pink in the movie was supposed to represent the, uh, uh, the band's like original... The band uh, no, the, uh, the original lead singer of the band who got really, really fucked up into drugs after the, uh, after the first couple albums and he had to leave. And then you got the guy who's singing on the album who replaced him. But actually, throwback to something we talked about on this show a little while ago, it's almost a story about Bowie in the 70s because of the whole, you know, getting really fucked up and all of that. And what we talked about on the show, his weird era of, like, being a far-right pro-fascist. Oh, like, yeah. That was kind of a reference to that. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, but in, in closing, yeah, that's probably the best rock, quote, rock opera musical movie I think I've ever no, seen. Dude, that's the best musical movie I think ever. Because like 
wow, literally no one has come close to like the fucking power of that of that fucking movie. And you know, I mean, maybe it's not fair because Kanye's stuff is like a lot shorter and maybe less ambitious. But I just kind of feel like, like I, I feel like Michael Jackson's is at least like on that level. Like if you ever watch his short films, they're yeah. weird as fuck, but they're at least like interesting. You know what I mean? So you watched The Wall and you didn't even mind that shit heel Bob Gildoff uh, was playing the lead character. No, it, that's how good it was. I didn't care. You didn't care how much of an asshole he was. <laughs> hey, if you do a good movie, man, you know, it's, it's not about the individual anymore. You know what I mean? It's about the product, you know? Yeah, I'm not even sure if I would consider The Wall to be like a musical because, like, the characters don't really sing. It's more or less just, like, video interpretations of most of the album. It's really a music video movie than it is, like, a musical. Yeah, it's different. Like, uh, Tommy by The Who, I would consider yeah. a musical or a rock opera. The Wall, yeah, like you said, it's basically a long-form music video. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing that how they were able to cram two albums worth of fucking music into that movie. Do do you remember the album that came after that one? My friend showed me a track off of that out uh, off of that album. I think it was called The Gunner's Dream. People play Pink Floyd's The Wall as if like that's the only one that's good. Like seriously, if you listen to the radio, you would think most rock album, uh, most rock artists only release one goddamn album. The Wall is about the one character, right? And this album is about his dad beforehand, and when he died, ended up and ended up leaving him behind, like in the first place. And the irony is that his dad died fighting in World War II against fascism. Yet his son turns into a fascist because, you know, he didn't have, like, a dad like that, you know? You know, Pink Floyd, and this is gonna sound weird at first, but I think they're underrated. And for, like, a band that gets talked about so much, it's really only a couple of albums that get discussed. Yeah, like, I didn't know this was their 12th album. Like, holy shit! They were really pumping him out there for a while. I hear all fucking day about the Beatles. Yeah. I don't really hear about Pink Floyd like that. No. I hear about Pink Floyd. The only time I really ever hear about Pink Floyd is like, oh, you know, stoners listen to their music. And, you know, if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz, that's the only thing I ever fucking hear about fucking Pink Floyd. I never hear about their lyrics. I never hear about, like... People who actually, like, respect their songs. I only hear that, like, oh, yeah, I mean, if you're stoned, it is like, dude, it's not like that at all. Like, for someone who is, like, a, a band that is this big, I don't think people really take them seriously. Like, the way these guys write songs and make shit, like, they should be talked about on the same levels as the Beatles is. The Beatles like, fucking honestly, Rolling Stones get way too much credit oh, for yes. not doing all that much, really. Yes. Dude, I- I'm fucking telling you, the Wall beat the Wall movie beats the absolute shit out of any other fucking Beatles movies. Oh yeah, I really like the <laughs> Beatles movies out of nostalgia, but they're not good movies. No, they're they're, fucking they're fun, horrible. but they're not great. Hard Day's Night is the best one. Oh hmm, 
I, yeah, come on. It's the one where it's like before all the whacked out shit and it's like, sure, it's ridiculous and silly, but it's like, what does any of this shit mean? At least with the first movie, it's like really simple. It's just about this band. No one's really made a movie like this before, you know? I, I'm almost, I'm almost torn between it and help. I really like the silly over the topness of help. But it really is like, yeah, like Hard Day's Night is a great snapshot of them as a band and the, at the height of Beatlemania and the shit they got to go through. Yeah. Help doesn't really have anything to do with the band. You could seriously put anybody in those roles and it would still be the same thing. <laughs> oh, someone has a ring and apparently it's used in a sacrifice and they got to get it from them. I didn't really know Ringo to wear rings anyway. <laughs> and that wasn't like, oh, that's his trademark. No, his trademark was always that, like, he was kind of, like, goofy, but also kind of quiet. It wasn't for his accessories. Yeah. No, but, um, see, with Pink Floyd, they unfortunately get this rap as, like, stoner rock when, Jesus Christ, they're not. Like, it's prog rock, but people don't seem to pay attention to what prog rock is because people don't really, or at least people that, like, like your casual music listener or whatever won't really talk about prog rock as as like as a thing people yeah. only seem like hey you know you can watch the dark side of the you can listen to dark side of the moon watch wizard of oz and it does match up at some point so i have done it i will attest I, how does it match up to like people dancing or talking um, and it looks like it like what the fuck does that even mean there's there's specific movements like i remember one part where dorothy falls uh, like she's walking on that thing and she falls into the pig pen is when like this big dramatic sting it happens like at the exact moment she falls into the thing and like th- sweeping shots will like line up with riffs and stuff like that like does it matter did they do that on purpose no because it, it only it oh, really there's only maybe like five or six moments in the whole movie where you're like wow and they're, they're kind of far yeah. apart yeah, it's, like, it's an hour and a half fucking movie like it doesn't happen a lot no and, it's and really just if, a coincidence with a few of them and what if you started it at the wrong part like yeah, yeah I, I remember you have to start it at the at the lion's second roar or it doesn't match. Wait, and even right, then so, it could still be off. So do you start it when the roar happens? Do you start it right after the roar? Uh, you know what? I was in high school. I don't remember. <laughs> but see, like with stoner rock, it's like, you know, sublime and cottonmouth kings and stuff that's like actually about smoking pot or whatever. You can't categorize a band because of what their listeners do when listening to it that's not how it yeah. works yeah it has to be directly related and as far as i've heard they don't really talk about weed like that i think it's because they their don't. topics their topics to i guess the lay person like oh man i don't immediately get what this means <laughs> must be stoner rock you know? Yeah, right. Oh, this is way too deep. This goes over my head. It's stoner rock. Same with, like, Rush, who are also another prog rock band. I don't think they get roped into the stoner rock category so much, but their songs do have, like, weird themes, and especially early on, they're very grandiose and large scale or whatever. But it's like, no, just, like, appreciate the fucking musicality and how complex this is. Yeah. I imagine if you're uh, if you are stoned, you're not really paying attention to how complex it is, right? I'd imagine not. Yeah. I'd imagine uh-huh. you're just kind of chill at that point. So I'm saying, um, 
th- this site that says uh, Pen- the Pennington Planetarium. Oh, do, do, do they do a laser Floyd show? <laughs> it says, uh, uh... I've always wanted um, to see one of those. Let's see, um... Allow me to clue you in on some of the highlights of what is supposed to sync up. Whenever the lyrics, the lunatic is in the grass, uh, you'll see oh, the scarecrow yeah. dancing a bit on a lawn. Well, how many times does he do that? That's true. It says whenever the lyrics, like... What? Do they happen more than once? This in the movie, it just like smash cuts to him like dancing in the grass every time like the chorus comes along or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, a no. I'm pretty sure it only happens once. And yeah. b, like, can you imagine how fucking hard that would ha- that would be to write an album while trying to have it match up to a movie exactly? You know the planning that would have to go into that. It's totally impractical. Yeah, the long and short of it is that humans tend to see the hits more than the misses in cases like this. This is called apophenia, or confirmation bias. This means we tend to focus on and remember patterns within disorder uh, and disregard any occurrence that doesn't fit it. It's like when people dream of a friend they haven't seen in years, and then the next day they run into them at a coffee shop. It may sound like a cosmic occurrence, but people never consider all the other times they've dreamed of something of someone and it didn't meet them the next day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why would got to keep the loonies on the path line be considered a hit when there's a line that follows that states the lunatic is in the hall and it has nothing to do with what's going on in the scene. It's considered a miss, but it's disregarded because the hit of the previous line works so well. And when does the paper boy pop up in this movie? <laughs> you need to watch it as someone who is a skeptic, because then you'll be surprised by the times it does work, but you won't be like, you'll notice when it doesn't, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like people who like, uh, said, uh, what's the name of the album we reviewed? Uh, for your eyes only. No, it's all a concept album. Just listen to it. It's like, yeah, there's points where it kind of feels like a concept album, but not really, you know what I mean? Oh, was that the uh, the J. Cole one? Yeah, where they're like, it's all a concept album about him talking to his friend's daughter. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Dude, I already, I'm not exaggerating, I already forgot all about that fucking album. There's a phenomenon going on, and I don't think there's a precedent for this, so this should uh, set an interesting tone. Um, the artist, uh, Kate Nash, she was on Snapchat, and she noticed that there was a filter on Snapchat that played a clip of a song of hers in the background as part of the filter. Oh. So she uses the clip. She, she posts a Snapchat with this filter saying, Hey, I almost can't hear myself over my own song. Hey, Snapchat... Where's my paycheck? And this brings up an interesting point about royalties. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't asked beforehand if she would even be okay with this. And let's not act like Snapchat, some startup company that just don't got the money. (laughs) They just went public. This brings up an interesting point. Like, I don't think this had ever been done before. There isn't a precedent for this. But the only thing it made me think of was like the case of where people on YouTube will put a song in their video and it's like, you know, you get hit with a copyright strike or whatever. But this doesn't happen 
on Instagram or Snapchat or Vine back in the day, you could use a clip of a song and no one would really know. But could that possibly be a thing? You know, it's really weird. There is a certain computer program that picks up on it and is like, oh, you can't use that song in your Instagram video. Somehow, and I don't know how this happened, they counted Vine videos as being a part of whether or not a song charted, right? Oh. Remember that? That was the thing. That was the reason why a lot of weird songs would become big hits. I thought that was more or less because of YouTube. I never heard anything about Vine. Yeah, they were saying that Vine videos counted in uh, the song. That's why that song, Bert let me hop out the motherfucking portion of the, the, the hot boys. That did, 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 did. That's why that song got big, because a lot of people were using it in Vine videos. So my question is, if you can get hit with a copy strike uh, thing on YouTube, how come were people getting hit with them on Vine? And how come the artist gets to have the benefit of having their song playing even though it's only like fucking six goddamn seconds of it which shouldn't count as listening to anything honestly <laughs> but how can they get to have the prestige of calling that a full play but like I, I don't know did they make money off of it like was it just free publicity like how did that work I feel like no one ever really explained that also is Vine gone or is it back now did it ever leave I thought they said Vine was coming back I, I didn't hear that. I never fucking got into the whole Vine thing. That 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 just that whole craze just kind of passed me by. The whole Vine stars and people who like became celebrities on Vine. I just didn't pay attention to any of that shit. That's Too busy so, uh, on YouTube. That was one of those things that just like sort of passed under me. Like I was just like, huh? What people were? What is Vine? Like is that is that popping? Like, apparently the creators of Vine are back with the new app called Hype. I don't think it's going to be as big, though. You, you, you never hit as big with the with the second one, you know? What what What's the point of this app, does it say? Uh, uh, most prominent of these is the ability to share photos and video taken before the broadcast from the user's camera roll. So, for example, a user can show a video of a product being used while they talk about it live. Yeah, Facebook Live kind of beat him to that, though. Dude, I... I as, as a quote-unquote content creator, I hate whenever I hear about an app or whatever that makes it easier for people to do shit. It's like, dude, just fucking edit a video. <laughs> yeah. Jesus like- Christ. It's, it's not going to look nearly as good as an edited video anyway, because it's going to be choppy. There's going to be a delay or something. Just fucking yeah. film it and record a voiceover. It's not hard. <laughs> and it's funny how that's kind of working out now. Like, it really is like uh, my first editing videos. <laughs> you know? I didn't even like it when YouTube kind of gave you a video editor on its thing. It's like, it's no, so no, no, no. shitty, too. That was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard there was another app that was kind of like Vine. It was it was the dude who posted a video on YouTube, like a big controversial video video about voting, and then like a month later quit. Uh, Casey Neistat or something like that. I'm pronouncing his name all wrong because I don't know who he is. But anyway, <laughs> he's working on an app or has an app that he's trying to roll out where it's basically it's basically like a live Facebook live thing, but people can react and comment 
live on it with pictures and videos of their own. But that's already Facebook Live. It's already Facebook Live, and I know this dude doesn't exactly have to worry about this, but can you imagine every time a fucking uh, female user of whatever this live app thing is, if she's out on the street, she's filming a specific thing, how many fucking dick pics she's going to get sent? (laughs) Do they not think this through? Comment with pictures. What the fuck do you think they're going to be of? <laughs> We've seen this shit before. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I really hope things work out for old for old Kate Nash. That's really shitty. I just don't understand why she wasn't approached beforehand. Like that doesn't make sense. We're gonna use a song of yours without asking in a fucking filter on our app that anyone can use. And you're and if she didn't like if she didn't have Snapchat, there's a very good chance she never would have known that was even a thing. Dude, what she need? She needs to get. Uh, they need to count each time her song is played as a fucking uh, as as listening to the song. Get get her a number one hit. <laughs> Dude, at this point, I think that's the only way to make good because uh, I saw she posted on Twitter that you know ever ever since she started complaining about it. Tell me if you've heard this one before. People are telling her that she should be happy because she's being paid in exposure. Oh, no. (laughs) That old chestnut. Oh, I gotta brush that one off. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. This week on the Going Off Podcast, we're talking about Quale Chris and being you is great. I wish I could be you more often. Um, An album that you can listen to right now on his band camp. This was an interesting case because I'd never heard of this artist, but a week or two before the album even dropped, I saw it all over my social media. Uh, friends of mine that are also uh, rappers were posting this, saying how excited they were for it to finally drop, and when it did, they were talking about how great it was. I saw Quale Chris retweeted that uh, our old pal Anthony Fantano gave it a uh, 8 out of 10, and it was just like, everybody's fucking talking about this shit. So I was like, when you fucking asked me what we were going to be re- reviewing on the, uh, on the podcast this week, this was honestly the only thing I could think of because I've been seeing it so often. I was like, we got to talk about fucking Quale, Chris. This album reminded me a lot of, and I, I don't like comparing, but, you know, if it makes it easier for people to paint a picture, it reminded me a lot of Open Mike Eagle. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Samus, which is weird because they both work together. Yeah, and um, Homeboy Sandman is on this album too. Where is he? He's Which on track? A, this is the last one. Oh, the last one! Damn it, I didn't even see that. Yeah, how about that? And Jean Grey, who worked with Samus on her <laughs> last album too, is also on here. So, geez, it's a, it's a family affair. Um, very, um, it, it also reminded me a little bit of Fat Lip. Did you get that? No, you know what I got? I got Cool Keith. Cool Keith. I got, um, I got MF Doom on more of the tracks. I didn't get Cool Keith as much. Dude, dude we sound like we're doing trading cards. Like, which one did you get? <laughs> dude, I got a shiny Cool Keith to trade for your limited edition Doom. <laughs> Uh, limited edition, get it? Because he don't see him very often. He's elusive. Um, no, but I really, I really dug, uh, this album, but, um, it's a weird case, 
because I I liked it when I was listening to it, but when I was finished with it, I honestly wondered if I would listen to it again. Um, there was really only a couple tracks on here that I didn't care for. Most of them I dug. Um, there were only very small things on this album that kind of uh, deterred it for me. Um, I think it was two tracks in a row ended with like this weird, like just talking. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't care for that, especially back to back like that. If you're gonna if you're gonna have that, spread it out. Um. But this was a really interesting album. And I think that's what made it so enjoyable for me was because it kept changing up. It was so interesting. Um, the songs, um, I, like his style was, it reminded me of MF Doom at some points, but other points it was just like, it was slow, but not like boring slow. It, it had a weird pace to it that that kind of gave it a, a, a unique uh, charm. But, um, yeah, overall, I dug it. Um, how about you? So, I hear the first track. <laughs> the intro or Buddies? Buddies. Oh, okay. The intro, by the way, I gotta talk about the intro because we always shit on intro tracks. This is an intro. <laughs> the intro literally is just the name of the album like welcoming you to the fucking album you don't need a fucking five minute intro like lupe or whatever <laughs> it's a little thing it's 30 seconds and you're in but yeah uh buddies what'd you think of that one I, when i first heard that track i was like okay uh, all right i'm gonna hate this shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with this nigga. I'm through with these niggas. I'm through with it. I'm like, oh no. What the fuck? What the hell did Muse just suggest to me? Wait, hold on. Let me get some of these lyrics real quick. Uh, I fuck with myself. I fucks with myself. Might bring myself some flowers. I'm in love with myself. I look in my mirror. Like, who is this nigga? I'm cool with that nigga. I'm through with these niggas. Like, no. No, uh-uh. Can't start it out like that. Nope. <laughs> that, that's not how this shit goes. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> but, um, but, but when he got to the, you coolio braids, be coolio Iglesias. <laughs> I was like, this might wrap around. They're like, it's so stupid. It's cool. Again, you know? The thing I have with him in general is that he does the offbeat flow thing, mm. but the groove is not solid enough in points for you to feel that offbeat. So it just sounds like there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm. On a lot of songs. Like, it has a very shaky groove on a lot of songs. And that's cool if you have something focused to contrast it. But he's also kind of shaky, too, and not in a way that, like, fits. And so, like, sometimes it'll work, but other times it'll, like... Like, do you remember that, uh... Do, do you remember Cappadonna? Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't listen to him enough, though. He reminds me of him in a lot of ways. Like, when you listen to his verse, it's just like, what... Does he know where the beat is? Did he record this on, like, a separate beat and they put it to this one? Like, I can't see myself easily coming back to this and listening to this album. You know what I mean? Like, in full. Because there's just a lot of just lost-in-the-mist sort of songs where it's just like, 
I don't know what I'm not interested in this. It's not like it doesn't even feel like in a way that's planned. It just feels like it just feels sloppy. A lot of the album just straight up feels sloppy uh, to the point where I was surprised as hell when we got to uh, BS vibes and uh, uh, let me see. Oh, the prestige with fucking Jean Grey the cleaning prestige. up house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was really, in, in my opinion, uh, when the prestige came on is really where things kind of took a turn for the like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it, it started off shaky. Uh, there were a couple tracks in there like, oh my God, uh, fascinating grass. Yeah. You, no, know, you remember that, that one that with that weird bad. sample in the background? Yeah, fascinating grass. Fascinating grass. Like, no, that was just stupid. I didn't care for that. Um, I thought Popeye was okay. I thought In Case I Lose Myself in the Crowd were okay. But that, that's it. They were just okay. Dumb for Brains was okay. Um, I didn't oh, really yeah, care for listening to the whole off. first verse twice back to back. That happened a lot, though. There were things where, like, I thought was a verse, but it turned out to be a chorus. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I have to listen to all this again? <laughs> you know right? what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's cool to do when it's catchy, but these aren't catchy. They sound like verses. And then when yeah. it just gets repeated, it was just like, oh, what? It, like, it just, it starts to feel after a while, like, it's just filling up space. Like, it's not like, like... You know, a Jamaican rap, like when they repeat things, the idea is that it's a it's a short verse that's catchy. And so it's worth repeating in a way. You know mm. what I mean? But with this is just like, he'll just go through a whole thing, which sounds like a whole like bunch of different weaving ideas. And then he repeats it. And it's just like, I'm not sure how many times I can deal with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, I, I'm that nigga was actually pretty cool. I thought, just looking at that song title, I was just like, didn't we do this song, like, eight tracks ago? (laughs) That is probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's the smoothest, it's the most coherent, it's the most clear-eyed, just jazzy. Um, It's got a really fun switch-up halfway through. Oh, yeah! (laughs) It's just this... This other voice, I don't even know if it's him or somebody else, where it's just like, hey, I remember you, and he's like, what? No, who are you? Uh, I don't know who you are, and he's like, man, I bought your first shirt at your first show back in the day, and he's like, dude, I don't remember you, I don't remember you. Then all of a sudden, just without any warning, he's just like, who are you? And like, now that's another chorus, and the guy's like... What? Who do you mean? Who am I? I know me. I'm that nigga. What are you talking about? I don't know you. And he's like, who do you belong to? And he's like, I, don't, I belong to me. What you talk? And like that, that, like that repeats a few times. And then after like the third time, yeah, he's just fucking had it. And he's just like, I told you I don't belong to nobody. Who the fuck are you? And he's like, well, well I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> like that. That track was funny. It, it was lyrically probably the best. Yeah. It was like the most enjoyable. When that came through, I was like, man, why isn't the whole album like this? Yeah, just like weird concepts that just like flip out of control. Because like, it's like he, he the guy's talking to him and then he responds with his rap verse. And yeah. then when you expect him to do it again, when the chorus, the quote unquote chorus comes back, he just gets fed up and pissed off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, holy shit, like, couldn't it have been more stuff like that? But then, and then there was Learn to Love Hate, which, <laughs> I, 
it was it was a little infectious after the after a while. The devils in my ears. Devils in my ears. Like I thought I was gonna get annoyed at that, which is like the the horrible like imitation of whispering sounds. The devils in my ears. I, I had to say I enjoyed that one. Um, it's great to be. I didn't like the first time the guy was singing because it just sounded like he was just like improvising and it uh, like it was a little cloudy. I couldn't really hear what he was saying. Mm. But when he came back near the end and he had his own solo part, that sounded really great. Mm. Um, then Elzai had a great verse on Don't Get Changed. Uh, Pendulum Swing was a really good closer. But there's other points like birthdays where he's like, I seen the fork in the road. I chose the third way. I'll sucky ducky quack quack. Sun shining dark rays. What the fuck did that mean? See, here's the thing, right? Every time I watch a WWE pay-per-view, Booker T always says shucky ducky quack quack. And I've never known what the fuck that means. And I've (laughs) never heard anyone say it before. So when I heard it on this album, I was like, all right, is this a fucking thing? Is this something I just, I just don't know about? What does this mean? Is this a black thing? Right? Like, I mean, if, it's, if it is, and that's a thing, and, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't need to know if you don't want me to know. But <laughs> it's just when it keeps popping up like this, it's like, all right, look. You at least got to give me a clue. <laughs> Yeah, overall, this album is very polarizing. I wanted to like it more than I ended up doing. I also wanted to hate it more than I ended up ended up doing. Cause really? I, yeah, because after that first fucking song, I'll fuck with myself. Might bring myself some flowers. Like, that's that was stupid. There's no way you didn't know that sounded stupid. Like, there was no way he was playing. I was like, yeah, I'm so cool with this one. I fuck with Uh-oh. this. Like... But, you know, after a while, like, when he starts amping up the bragging, like, if he would have done that more, because the thing is, he doesn't amp it up enough to let you know that it's supposed to be ridiculous. Mm, You know what I mean? Like, but when he gets into BS vibes, I think that's the one where he's like, fucking, uh, I'm chilling with Oprah. Uh, Michael Jackson came out of his grave to get a selfie with me. Like, yeah. all right, now I know you're being just ridiculous and I can enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was like, Gordon Ramsay co- uh, cooked me up a festival, said that I was the greatest, told him to get off my testicles. Like, <laughs> like that was pretty funny. <laughs> You know, so it's like, my problem is that he didn't go far enough. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Which is funny because I think you said the exact same thing on Open Mike Eagle. Really? Was that he did it like, it was a good, it was a good, like, concept or whatever, but there just wasn't enough of it or it didn't go far enough. Yeah. Yeah, because I agree, though. Yeah, like, I wish it was more solid. That way I can be like, definitively, when you listen to these songs, you're gonna get the concept. You know what I mean? Like, when you're recommending something to people, have you ever done that? When it's like, something's a concept album, you're like, oh man, you need to check it out. It's this concept album, it's about this guy. And then they're listening to it, and they're like, they're looking at you like, um, is it? And it's like, well, I mean, if you listen to it, you know, there's a couple of tracks that were like, like, I hate that feeling. You know what I mean? When you started on the second roar, it matches up. Trust me, <laughs> you must have just done it wrong. 
But, uh, on this, uh, being you is great. Uh, I wish I could be you more often. Which, is, is he talking to himself there? I, I, I think it's just supposed to be a weird title name. I don't think there's anything supposed to be, like, that's not supposed to mean anything. Like, yeah. I thought maybe the album would be about, like, identity crisis and not wanting to be yourself, but he seems pretty happy with himself, honestly. He's certainly content with, yeah. with fucking with himself, yeah. Yeah, no, like, uh, uh, hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, like, Knowles Barkley, they had a song where it was about, like, in fact, a lot of their songs, especially on my first album, a lot of them are about, like, not being yourself, pretending to be someone else, mm. you know, being caught in a lie, things like that. Uh, this one doesn't really explore that at all. <laughs> Man. Nate just reminding me how underrated and not nearly talked about enough those first two Gnarls Barkley albums are. They're actually pretty good. They're fucking solid. I get the feeling they're going to talk about them. They're going to be the future uh, Pink Floyd. Oh man, if you listen to them next to fucking Donnie Darko, it all makes sense. (laughs) 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 Fucking when smiling starts. It's the part where Donnie Darko starts laughing for no reason. Dude, it, it all makes sense. Do you remember when the video for Smilin' came out and people were having, like, seizures, so they had to censor it? What? The video for Smilin' had, like, uh, Justin Timberlake as, like, a, like, a, like, a host of, like, a American bandstand or America Top 40 type thing where all these kids are dancing, but the Smil- video no, 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 kind of, no, like... that's a, that's a runaway, run. Oh, yeah, I'm getting confused with, like, they're in all the historical pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, I remember when I when I fucking saw that video. It, yeah, so that was Justin Timberlake. I fucking knew I knew that guy from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time we watched this video, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, I remember the like the original cut of the video had like flashing lights or something, and people were having like epileptic seizures, so they had to tone it down. No, straight up, when you watch that video, it totally has that feel. Like as I when I first watched that video, I literally in my mind was like. Oh my, they shouldn't be showing this to people. (laughs) (laughs) Or something just looks so, so weirdly psyched out. You're just like, ooh, I could see how someone could uh, not want to watch this. (laughs) But going back to it, what would you give being you is great? I wish I could be you more often by Quale Chris. Uh, I give it a solid three out of five. I would do three and a half. Hmm. Um, there were there were times where it was flirting with four, but then it was like, hmm, yeah, you like, know, could you, yeah, it didn't, it just didn't go all the way. There, there were, it had opportunities. Um, I really dug, I, I dug him, you know, like I, I thought it was cool, but yeah, there was just parts where it was just like, hmm, I don't know. I, I really didn't care for for the guy talking clips. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did. I mean, this really doesn't give it points or, like, it doesn't count as a song or whatever, but I really liked that the album stopped basically with the track that was, like, the self-referential um, It's Great to Be, and it quoted, or it it came full circle to uh, Buddies, and it had the same stuff with, like, uh, oh, I fuck yeah, with this yeah, and whatever. Yeah. And, like, oh, okay, cool. Wraps it up in a nice little package. That's how the album should end. This one goes ahead and says, hey, 
That that was that, that was a great album. We're we're gonna give you two more though as an encore. I can buy that. Like if you preface <laughs> it by saying that these are encores and the album is technically over and these are kind of like bonus, then it's like okay, that's fine. You yeah. know, those two are like the best tracks. On that yeah, I don't know why they were just like quote unquote bonus. They should have been mixed in there. Yeah, it's like I guess if you want these other songs, take out. <laughs> Uh, take out fascinating grass and uh, mm, and dumb for brains. Dumb for brains, definitely take those out. Replace them with those two. You're you're you probably could have got a four, maybe. Uh, uh, dude, uh, I really, honestly, besides Jean Grey and Homeboy Sandman, the fucking features were weak. Yes, the fascinating grass. All of them were just like. Like, you would be listening to the song, and it feels like three verses went by, and then you look, and it's like, it's a five-minute song, and it's only like two minutes and 30 seconds in. It's like, oh, really? There's someone else? <laughs> <laughs> it isn't like, it isn't like that track on Fighting Words that we listened to back in the day, where it was like a whole string of people, and you're like, oh, sweet, who's next? Ah, oh, that's so cool! Yeah. Alright, who's next? You're like, oh, can this just please... Be fucking yeah, it's just over. a wash of all these people. It's just like, God damn it. What's not, you know, maybe the problem was there was too many uh, features. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just one too many people didn't really let him shine as an individual. Well, there you have it. Um, oddly, the most talked about album, which just goes to show you how fucking slow things are in February. <laughs> My God. For the past couple weeks in a row, it was like, okay, so what's out there? Uh, Big Sean's got something new. Fuck him, we're doing a Patreon request. How about, how about now? <laughs> uh, still nothing, but everyone's talking about this thing on Bandcamp. Alright, that I guess, fine. Whatever. That, that Lupe collection of B-sides that he tried to pass off as a new album. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but, hey, you know what? It, it's starting to warm up. Way too much. Alarmingly too much. <laughs> Trees out here are seriously starting to bloom like they think it's fucking spring. <laughs> it's getting scary, dude. Did you see that thing I had sent you where it was that, uh, that gif of Jay-Z looking concerned? And it was yeah. like, when you're enjoying the weather, but you know, how, you know how much trouble we're in, like referring to like, man, I like this warm weather, but this, this ain't good. Yeah, so, so I'm wrong. <laughs> I think that was taken from the, like, they took that from the, uh, Lemonade listening party, where he's, like, listening to it and enjoying it, but at the same time, the album is, like, talking about how much of a piece of shit he is. <laughs> that's what that's from. Okay, I didn't know that. He's like, oh, this is great, but, oh, I could have done without that bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, everybody, that does it for the Going Off podcast this week. Thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you did, give us a like if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Wait, wait, I, I got a question. I got a question. Uh, people say, like, hit the like button. Like, <laughs> do, do they really think, like, do people need to be instructed to do that, though? People aren't going to do it otherwise. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like someone telling me to hit the like button doesn't change whether or not I was going to do it anyway. Uh, it might make me think twice. Like, is there, is there, like, statistical analysis out there that says if you tell people to hit the like button, they're more likely to hit the like button? You know, because it always kind of feels like, like, whenever someone in a video at the end says, hey, hit that like button, it's just like, I, I, fuck you, I, I want to hit the like button. <laughs> I hit the like button if I fucking liked it. <laughs> 
I agree with you w with the people that say hit the like button before the video even fucking starts. That's bullshit. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't even know what the fuck this is yet. And, and, and the thing is, what, do, what, what does the audience owe? What, what do I as the audience owe you by, by doing what you say? We just fucking gave you an hour of entertainment for free. You can't take two goddamn seconds to hit a fucking thumb button? It's not asking for a lot. <laughs> or the like, share, and definitely subscribe. Yeah, see, It's always in that order. <laughs> like, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, I mean, I'd love you to subscribe and like. I'm not really expecting you to share it, though, even though occasionally I do ask people to share my content, but I know they fucking don't. Um, well, I mean, you might as well just say, uh, it's like, hey, if you like this video, make me more popular. Like... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's basically what you're saying in so many words, but, like, it's it's kind of taboo to just be like, please, please let people know I exist. Please make me more popular, you know? Like, we just have a way of saying it now where it doesn't sound as awkward. It's like, oh, these are the things that you do. You like, you share, and you subscribe. All right, folks, that does it. We're getting the hell out of here. Uh, do whatever the fuck you want with that like button. Give it a mean <laughs> side eye. If you want to, <laughs> put some fucking stank on that like button. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you here. We'll catch you outside next week. How about that? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. God for, damn the, it. for the Going Off podcast, regr <laughs> regrettably, I'm Muse. <laughs> Rev Critic and Muse shamefully present the Going Off podcast. <laughs> And I'm Rap Critic, telling you to download or, or uh, try to rent out the DSM-5, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. You'll thank yourself when you do.